We're running through concrete walls, battling demons, wielding glowing blue swords, and dialing up our snark to ten. That's right, we're discussing the awesome characters of the Netflix-produced series Warrior Nun. I'm Lee, your friendly neighborhood host. This is Lasers and Lockets, the podcast that celebrates strong and complex female characters in science fiction and fantasy entertainment. This is episode 75. Grab your holy water and let's bring you into the story. Suppose you were a child whose parents had been killed in a foreign country, and you are left in the care of a homicidal, sadistic nun at a church-run orphanage in a country you don't know. Suppose you've lived your entire life up until 18 years old in bed, paralyzed from that very same accident. Now imagine that the homicidal nun finally kills you the day before your 18th birthday. And you end up in a morgue where a secret group of badass nuns happen through, and one of them hides something in your corpse. Something that sees something in you and brings you back to life. Now, you're an 18-year-old girl who has never seen the outside world, and most of what you know of it is from watching TV all day. It's scary and loud, and overwhelming. You don't know how to interact with people or with anything. But now, you can run through solid objects, and if you're injured, you heal really fast. You find out that what you have inside of you is called the halo, and now you have a decision. Take on the warrior nun mission to hunt down and send demons back to hell, all while trying to fight off nefarious forces inside the Catholic Church, or keep running for the rest of your life. I set out fully intending to make this episode entirely about Warrior Nun, but while I was finishing up watching season two, it was announced that Warrior Nun had been canceled by Netflix, and it had a really interesting effect on me. So this episode has evolved into something a little more, and I hope that it sparks some conversation with you all (laughs) about getting attached to characters, the state of the entertainment industry as a whole, and much more. And of course, we are definitely going to talk about the awesome characters in Warrior Nun. Most of this episode will be about that. We'll talk about Ava and Beatrice, Shaka and Mary, and even Sister Lilith. But let's start here with a few tidbits about Warrior Nun. The thing that really drew me to the series in the first place is that the characters in this series are almost entirely female. There are a few priests and a super douchey cardinal uh, in the series, but that is something that made it immediately stand out for me. The cast is almost entirely female. But there are some some caveats with that, and uh, I wanted to go through a few little things here. Season one is admittedly uh, very inconsistent in in its pacing. Some episodes are so slow that it's hard to keep your interest through the whole episode, and often all the action happens in the last five minutes of an episode. It took me a couple of starts before the series really got me hooked on it. Now, Orphan Black, which is 
one of my favorite series of all time, had a similar issue with me when it came to the very first episode. It took me a few times of watching that first episode to be able to get all the way through it. And and the nice thing, though, is that once I got through that, I was totally hooked. For this series, it took a lot longer for that to happen. And I just wanted to stick it out until... I uh, got kind of towards the end of the season because that is when the pacing really picked up super fast. Season two, on the other hand, was much more consistent in its pacing. It, It had much better character exploration and development. And the lead character, Ava, became much more a part of the team and thus sort of mellowed <laughs> uh, to a contributing part of that team, all while still keeping the snark and the humor that made season one so much fun. And so the the really interesting thing to me that came out of this is that currently there is this climate of, especially with Netflix, there are other uh, streaming platforms that can also be guilty of this as well, but Netflix is hugely guilty of this, but they are unwilling to give a show beyond one or two seasons in order to really get into it. And that is a a real shame because you don't get an opportunity to connect with those characters long-term and really fall in love with them. Shows like Star Trek Voyager, Legends of Tomorrow, How I Met Your Mother, Buffy, Xena, all those series mean so much more to me because those characters became my family, my friends, part of my life. And when your characters become part of somebody's life, their family, their friends, you feel like you're part of the show and therefore you're much more likely to watch and continue to watch the show. If Legends of Tomorrow had been canceled after its first couple of rocky seasons. And honestly, that show was super rocky in the first couple of seasons, but it really hit its stride. We never would have known the brilliance of Bebo or seen the show really lean into its awesome quirkiness. And that's what makes this cancellation of Warrior Nun so gut-wrenching, because we didn't get an opportunity to really see it grow into itself. It feels like Nowadays, TV shows are all about numbers and politics. And I mean, they probably always were about numbers and politics, but it's become so much more prevalent nowadays. I found myself too afraid to fall in love with the characters on this series initially, because you just don't know if they're going to be gone too soon. And I find that with myself in a lot of other series now, is that I have a hard time falling in love with characters And it makes watching television really unpleasant for me. And I don't think it should be that way. We as a society already have some collective abandonment issues. And this shift towards quickly canceling shows is further inflaming the issue. You have to give shows time to grow and evolve. It, you know, that was the thing about the first season of Warrior Nun is that it was inconsistent in its timing, but once it really hit its stride in season two, it was awesome. It was so great to watch. And it has so much action and humor and heart. And unfortunately, we don't get an opportunity right now to see it through. Now, there are a lot of things going on behind the scenes. Who knows? Maybe it'll be picked up by another network or something else happen. But 
it's this whole phenomenon of canceling series without giving them time to breathe just makes it really hard to connect with characters. Now, another point of view, though, that I am learning to take from this is that as in real life, sometimes people come into our lives when we need them the most and they stay for a really long time. But most people are really only part of our lives for a season. And that can be really heartbreaking and it makes it hard to trust. But just because we know someone may not be part of our life for a long time, they may only be part of our life for a season, does that make us love them any less if they should be part of our lives? No, it shouldn't. So should we feel the same way about our TV series, maybe? Should we give them our whole heart while they're here and then take what we've learned from the the TV series or the characters and use it in the rest of our lives. I would really love to hear your thoughts on that. I'll be sure to post that question on our socials once this episode goes live so that we can have a discussion because I would really love to have a discussion about that. Personally, I feel like this series cancellation phenomenon is only going to keep getting better, getting worse, sorry. And I think, I don't know, I'm going to have to try to take this approach in the future with characters, love the characters while they're in my life and then carry on. And I know some might say it's a fictional character, it doesn't matter, but there's a reason why we read books, we watch television series and movies, and sure, it's for entertainment, but there's a much deeper thing here. We read, we watch, we get involved to know that we're not alone. Fictional characters transport us to a world and situations where we may never have an, ex an experience or a chance to get in that experience. They give us empathy. They teach us things and they help us feel seen. They matter whether we like it or not. And because they matter, I cannot wait to discuss the characters of Warrior Nun with you. I, as always, I will try to avoid any major spoilers, but be forewarned, there may be some light spoiling, so just embrace those spoilers. And uh, I'll be speaking mostly about the characterization of these awesome and diverse characters, though, and I'm excited to dive into them. And I want to emphasize that again. The cast in this series was is so incredibly diverse. I love that. I love seeing so many different types of women in this series, of different characters in this series. It's just so refreshing to see. Let's see. Who should we start with? I think, I think let's start with Ava. So Ava Silva is the, uh, is the kind of the lead character of the series. But one thing that I love is even into season two, she sort of becomes more of the group. So I don't really like to call her like the lead character, but she is. She's the warrior nun. Ava is a great example of what we would call an anti-hero. She lacks the typical traits that we'd associate with a hero. Some might call her more of a reluctant hero, but I feel like she falls in. I, I feel like she falls into that anti-hero category and reluctant heroes also sort of fall into that category as well. She's morally gray, she's selfish, she's young, 
And I think that's something that we always have to remember about a character like this is that she's playing an 18-year-old girl who has really never lived outside the walls of a convent since she was quite young. So she often comes across as impulsive and petty and naive, super naive. But there is so much depth to her character and growth and so many other things to consider when it comes to her. Think back to the introduction that I provided. This 18-year-old woman who died and is suddenly brought back to life, she's flung into a war she never asked for. Her character, I think I think the thing that really gets me about her character is that she really embodies the idea of choice. So her whole life up to this point where the halo chooses her is characterized by a series of events where she had no choice. And again, with the halo even, she had no choice. It's understandable that when she's finally given that new chance or or lease on life, she doesn't quite know what to do with her agency because it isn't really truly agency. She really either has to choose to live with the halo or die without it. One of the, I don't know if the word is... I'm going to use the word iconography, but with her character, they use a lot of uh, iconography of her running, uh, just running away from things, running to things, running. And I think that that's a really powerful uh, parallel between her being paralyzed for 12 years and having no freedom to truly live. And I love that they always have her running. I know iconography is not the right word for that. I cannot think of the right word right now, but... uh, I really love that Ava is associated with running a lot uh, throughout the series. And I I just find it a super fascinating thing. In season one, uh, I believe it's Sister Beatrice that says to Ava that she is very much about flight and not fight. (laughs) And, uh, And I think that that is a really important distinction of her character in season one. In season two, we see Ava running, but she's often running towards something, which is cool. Towards danger, towards helping her sisters. It's pretty cool. I think something that's also really interesting about season two Ava is that she sees life as something worth living before she had such low self-esteem she never really felt like her life was worth much. And so she thought a lot about things like death. But one really interesting thing that I think happens in season two, and I'm I'm going to take from uh, The Hundred, a very famous Klexa quote, but uh, for Ava, life becomes about more than just surviving. And in a way, I think you really see it become about her being willing to die so that others can live. And that's a really, really big distinction from season one. One of my favorite quotes from Ava is, quote, isn't that what a warrior nun does? She dies so that others may live. Ava also loves fiercely. And when she allows herself to get attached to people, she protects them fiercely as well. And I think that that is one of the beautiful things about this series and all of the characters in it have that similar trait where they do what they do out of love for their fellow sisters, for for whoever it may be. Uh, and, I, and I love that distinction in the series um, amongst all the characters, is that love. There's a really beautiful moment uh, where Ava relays, relays that her, uh, 
her greatest fear is being alone, being abandoned. And Sister Beatrice reassures her that she'll never be alone again. And uh, I, I loved that because all of Ava's life has been alone. And, uh, oh, yeah, I totally forgot I made this note, but her choices are really never clear. And one thing that I love about Ava is we see her try to do the best she can with the information that she has. And that's super relatable to pretty much everything we all go through in life. While some will have us believe that the world is a dichotomy and it's either this or that, I think the thing that they forget is that pretty much we all live in the shades of gray in the middle. We live lives of this and that. The gray is really where the beauty is in life, and very rarely are our choices easy or clear. And Ava's characterization embodies that sentiment, and I think that's what makes Ava super relatable to all of us. Let's uh, let's shift over to Mary now, or Shotgun Mary, as she introduces herself. Mary was immediately one of my favorite characters in the series, and Mary is, uh, she's not one of the nuns, but she's still considered one of the sisters, one of the Order of the Cruciform Sword. And Mary is a protector through and through. She's powerful, she's independent, she's headstrong, clever, and fiercely loyal. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from her is, quote, when you have value, you have control. I know my worth, and I refuse to let anyone tell me how to use it. And I think that it's super powerful for her character, and I, and I love that her character is loyal to the Order of the Cruciform Sword, but she's never been super trusting of the church as a whole, and she will not blindly follow. And you'll find that theme throughout with a lot of the nuns in the Order of the Cruciform Sword, while they are actual nuns in the Catholic Church, they are also much more loyal to God and to the Order of the Cruciform Sword than they are to an, an organization or an institution. And I love that, that they make that distinction. Mary loves the nuns in the Order, and they love her, and they know she'll work to protect them at all costs. And uh, I, I just love that about her character. Mary is also, I think, the first person to see more in Ava than meets the eye. Both of them have tragic pasts, and I'll leave it like that. Uh, and, I, and maybe that's the thing that sort of ties them together. But whatever it is, it really, I think it really helps Ava to sort of decide that the OCS is a, a good place to be. Mary is also the person to call Ava out on all of her crap but she's also the person to give her a chance to grow and live. She believes that Ava should be allowed to keep the halo, and she's willing to fight Sister Lilith for it. And I think that's a, a really interesting thing about her character is that she is not willing to, even though Ava had died before, she was not willing to allow her to die again. But Ava had to be the one to choose to live. I think in that, Mary really furthers giving Ava that choice that she, she she can live and she can live a really meaningful life with the OCS and with the sisters there. There's so much more to Mary's character, but I don't want to spoil that. So I will just leave Mary right there. But just know Mary is one of the coolest characters in Warrior Nun. Now I've written down Sister Beatrice and Sister Lilith right beside each other here in my notes. And I think I want to start with Sister Beatrice here. 
because really her story is so beautiful through the the whole course of the series. And then we'll get into Sister Lilith uh, towards the end here. Sister Beatrice is an incredibly complex character, and I found her journey through season one and season two really fascinating. Initially, you're introduced to her being a faithful nun in the Catholic Church and as a member of the Order of the Cruciform Sword. But you learn so much more about her as the series goes on. One of my favorite distinctions that she makes is uh, this cardinal, or I don't know if he was a bishop at the time or whatever he was, but he asks her about her loyalty and she says that she'll always remain faithful to God, but won't blindly follow an institution or corrupt cardinals or priests. And I loved that about her character. She is a fierce protector, like I have mentioned before with Mary and also with Ava. Uh, she's a fierce protector of her sisters, and she believes wholeheartedly in the mission of the, of the OCS. Of the characters, I'd say she's probably the most competent fighter of the bunch. To see her fight on screen is just a beautiful thing to do. The choreography of the fight scenes in this series is just above and beyond. I don't know how they did it, but it's just a beautiful thing. And Sister Beatrice, uh, her fight scenes are wonderful. One of the coolest things in their fight scenes is they wear these like chain mail masks uh, over their faces that has the, that has the symbol of the cruciform sword over it. And I honestly, I don't know how they see through them, but it's a really cool imagery thing. And yeah, you'll just have to watch for that in the fight scenes. Beatrice is such a strong character. She's so, so strong. And one of my favorite things about her is, that, is how she teaches Ava to trust herself. But better yet, she teaches her how to just trust another human being. And also in all of that, Beatrice learns how to trust herself. She's never really done anything outside of what she's expected to do. She's been a perfect nun until everything goes to hell in the handbasket with this whole series. The compassion and understanding that uh, Sister Beatrice has for her other sisters, but also for Ava, is such a beautiful thing and a beautiful part of the story. Beatrice has this really calming effect on Ava, too. And I feel like anytime she was on screen, I sort of also felt super calm, too. While their relationship starts out kind of antagonistically in season one, I love the beauty of the evolution of the story of Ava and Beatrice, or their ship name, Avatrice. The, the quote I picked out for her is a really powerful exchange between her and Ava. Quote, and this is Beatrice speaking, by the way. My whole life, people have tried to make me into something I'm not, to make me normal, or at least acceptable. I became skilled at so many things just so I would ha still have value despite my flaws, or what I had been taught was a flaw. Of course, I tried to fit in, but when you're punished just for being different, you begin to hate who you are. When what you love, what should make you happy, only brings you pain. Pain is what made me a sister warrior. And Ava replies, don't hate what you are. What you are is beautiful, and I'm sorry for your pain. That exchange between the two of them really concreted to me that they were going to be something really special. And I think that it's a really beautiful moment where Beatrice shows that vulnerability, that she has been potentially ashamed of who she is all her life because she was different. And I love the character that she is. And I love that that, that she is that person that other you know queer young people can see on screen 
and see her be this calm and uh, powerful force for good in the world. And I love that about her character. And while Sister Beatrice may be the most competent fighter in the whole group, that leads us to Sister Lilith, the most fascinating antagonist in the whole series, I feel. I think from the very beginning of the series, you're sort of set up to hate Lilith. But I think one of the really beautiful things that this series does is you can't really hate anyone except perhaps Adriel and also Father... See, I've even forgotten his name because he made me so angry. Um, (laughs) But Lilith is kind of set up as the key antagonist. But in one of the, you know, the fine villain tropes, she has a, a really interesting backstory that you'll learn. She really sees herself in season one as entitled to the halo. She has earned her spot to be the warrior nun. And so when Ava, a civilian who couldn't care less about the halo, becomes the warrior nun, she has a really hard time reconciling what happened. And I think that's a really interesting thing with life. Like I mentioned before, a lot of people would like you to believe that everything is this or that black and white. And I think that sometimes it can be overwhelming for those people to examine something in the middle. They just want to focus on the thing that they believe to be true, whether it is true or not. And so Lilith sort of falls into that trope where she believes just because of these certain things that she is the one who deserves to be the warrior nun. And I mean, if you look at the Order of the Cruciform Sword, she was next in line for it. But was she really the most worthy person to handle that? Who knows? Lilith has been bound her entire life by the expectations of others that other people had set out for her. She was really trapped that whole time. Her disapproving mother, the church, everyone, they had these expectations for her. And I think this this quote is really powerful from her, quote, I wanted the halo so badly it consumed me. Now, for the first time, I'm free. And I think that's a really interesting thing to examine in our own lives is, you know, is there something that we want so badly that it consumes everything that we are and it changes our path when we could be living something that's more free? Who knows? You know, with Sister Lilith, I can't really go into too much more about her character, But suffice it to say that she becomes one of the most interesting characters in season two. I mean, I found her fascinating in season one, and I loved the the fight scenes and the push and pull between her and Mary. But in season two, she becomes so much more complex and interesting. And that's all I'm going to say about her. (laughs) If I were to choose a character of the week, though, it's definitely Sister Beatrice, wholeheartedly. She's such a fantastic character. From everything I mentioned before, from her fighting skills, her compassion, her strength, she's just an incredibly well-rounded character, and I think a really well-written character as well, and I love that. So pay close attention to her while you're watching the series. You learn something more every time you watch an episode, and I, I think that's really wonderful. The quote of the week is from her, and it's, quote, Why would I doubt? Faith is my business. While the series was canceled, Is it worth a watch? Absolutely. There is no hesitation there. I hope you take an opportunity to give it a watch. You can find the full series streaming on Netflix right now, and who knows, maybe down the road someone will be able to resurrect it, give it a new life with a new halo, maybe? That was really, really lame, sorry. Uh, But it's streaming on Netflix now, 
and I, I definitely recommend it is a great watch. It's a lot of fun. Just no season one's a little slow. So you could maybe have something to do while you're watching that first that first season. But I, I think that you'll really enjoy it if you give it a chance. And uh, I think that's it for this episode of Lasers and Lockets. Welcome to a new year. I hope you are safe. I hope you are happy. Join me over on Instagram and Twitter at Lasers Lockets. And if you haven't already subscribed to the show, take a quick moment to do so now. It'll ensure you don't miss anything we've got coming up. And we'll catch you back here in a couple of weeks. Until then, I leave you with one of my favorite quotes from Moyer Nunn, in this life or the next. Get your nerd on and be awesome. All right. All right.